How good is that? Yeah, give it more noise. It deserves more noise than that. I am so, so excited about conference. Who's going to conference? Yeah, there's a lot of hands. I know a few people that aren't here today that are also going to be there. I cannot wait to just join up with our Albany family because we are one Perth, one church, two locations, Perth and Albany. And it's going to be the first time, I think, in all of history that a conference is going to be in two locations for the one conference. So I'm excited, never before done. So if you haven't got your tickets already, you haven't sorted your accommodation, you don't know who you're bunking with, start chatting, start getting ready because it's literally two months away. It's going to be here before we know it. I cannot believe that it's going to be two months away. This, this year is already going so fast. Am I the only one? No, I just feel like we're in week three of this year and it's just like I've lived like a whole few months. So anyways, um, how good is it? This is to be in church. I'm loving, you know, to see all these new faces. I look around, there's like a bunch of old faces, bunch of new faces. So um, we do have a, an, uh, a connect session afterwards. Uh, do we have after party? Yeah, so we've got after party today. That wasn't plugged today, but um, yeah, stick around. Make sure you don't rush off. I know we've got the mask restrictions starting at six, but we're going to go outside and hopefully that'll just keep us, you know, outside of that. So yeah, make sure you stick around. We'd love to get to know you and, and know your story. Those that don't know me, I'm Flick. So, hi guys, how are you? And quick fun fact for you, this is my first time preaching at Oceans. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. I have been on the stage before just to say hey and to make you all feel welcome, but this is a first for me. So, um, yeah, just a lot of grace is required and a lot of noise as well, just to give me a bit of encouragement. So if that could be good. So um, me and myself and my family, so Jake, he's up the back there, um, and head of production, we have been a part of Ocean's previously ever life since the beginning for about three years. In that time, I've had a little boy, Harry. He was making a lot of noise in the service before. So it's awesome having the kids in our service, which is just an incredible thing to see them worship God. I want my kid to grow up in a church and just know what it means to worship God, right? How good is it? So we're both on team, Jake and myself. We've been on team um, pretty much from the get-go. Um, and we were like, no, we just want to join and just be in the back row. But sure enough, like, it was just full steam ahead and it would not change a thing. And um, this year, so I'm on the board of Oceans and I'm also um, head of the dinner party. We have dinner parties every Thursday night. Can't wait for them to start back up. I think it's the first week of Feb when, um, just a shameless plug there. So first week of Feb, we are going back into it. So if you don't know what dinner parties are about, get onto our website. Gosh, I'm doing a really good job of plugging all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited. And again, I've just taken that over as well. So I can't wait to see what God has in store for us for 2022 and I'm also on the kids team I did it just to fill in but honestly these guys have taught me a thing or two about sacrifice the fact that my kid gets to enjoy the ministry of such a powerhouse team led by Kelsey who was up here before and just to see what they want to put in not only that they're excited to put that into our kids lives it's just an absolute incredibly incredible privilege to be doing this journey with so many incredible people um, and all for the glory of god right so it's just awesome so we're in week three of our resolve series everybody say resolve resolve so what does that mean what is resolve what are we talking about 
So this series is about kicking off the year right. It's about hitting reset. Who needs a reset sometimes? I had two weeks off on holidays. I haven't had a holiday for literally so long. I needed to hit that big red button of reset this year. And that's what this is about. We are resolving to follow the ancient paths, casting aside our ways and what we think is right, and re-surrendering to Jesus. And I love, I love what Shafe said the first week. He said, it's, <laughs> it's not about what we want or what, we feel, what feels right to us at the time because our feelings betray us, right? But it's about what is proven and what works. And so our main scripture is Jeremiah, if we can have that up on the screen, Jeremiah 6, 16. So this is what the Lord says, stop at the crossroads and look around, ask for the ancient paths, where the good way is, travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. Everyone say rest for your souls. Who wants rest for their soul? Come on, how good was Christmas and New Year's break? Even if you worked, I hope you found some rest for your souls. So that's what we're talking about. And so some of the ancient paths, when I was thinking about this, that my family has chosen to follow, Jake and myself and Harry, it's, I was thinking about it and it was, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No brainer, right? You guys are all here because you're in his house, you want to serve the Lord. Um, Another one is that church and community is not an add-on or simply a bonus for our lives. It's just not. It's a vital and biblical spiritual health. And I find that being around people, having a community, we're not meant to live in isolation. We're meant to live in communion with others and with God. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Um, and so why? Why do these ancient paths matter? Why are we talking about this? Well, it's because that there is a loving Father who's literally mapped out the good path for you. And we just want to highlight them for your life because we believe that he has a plan and a purpose for every single one of you sitting in here, old Christian, new Christian, never heard about God, never been to church before. I'm telling you today, you will hear about Jesus because that's all we're wanting to preach about and how he loves you. Amen. So this is really what I want to tie in with um, what I want to talk about today, and that's a hunger after God's word. So I'm just going to pray if you can bow your heads. God, I thank you so much for the privilege of being up on this stage, up this platform. God, I thank you for every single person that has said yes to being here today, God. Lord, and I thank you that you have a word for us, Lord, that as we just... Um, prepare our hearts and and just be in this place where we want to hear from you, God. I just thank you that you have something for us today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. So basically, I grew up in a home where food was life. Food was life. It's not just something that you consume just to keep you going. You know, it was actually a part of our whole family culture. And I want to give you context and I know there's a few people in who will understand, but my mum's a chef, and she's also half Italian, so I had no chance. Do we have any Italians in the house? Yep, yep, front row, Dan, woo. Um, and so, like, food is life. Food is art. Food is just, it brings people together. It ends wars. It starts wars. It's just the whole thing, right? And so that is what I grew up believing, is that, you know, food has this incredible power to bring people together. And so, on the adverse side, I never understand people that just don't think about their food. (laughs) Like, how can you go a whole day? And like, oh, I I forgot to eat. Are you serious? (laughs) I plan my whole day, my whole week, everything. I love meal planning. It's like the best thing ever. I think all the Instagram mums that came up with it, amen. 
Um, and so I suppose you could say that food makes up a huge part of the culture of my family. And so, for example, my brother, who was like 11 or 12, I don't know, he's 26 now, but we were at a, a youth camp like when he was younger and he was lining up for a sausage sizzle and he goes to one of the leaders, he goes, do you have any Dijon mustard? <laughs> and so some of you are like, Flick, what the heck is Dijon mustard? Well, let me tell you, you need to go out and buy it and we'll level up your Bunning sausage sizzle game. So you're welcome, people, you're welcome. But so how does this relate to what I want to talk about today? And basically, a hungering after God's word is something that you literally need to be intentional about building into your life and into your family. You need to be intentional. And my main scripture is from Deuteronomy um, chapter 11. I'm just going to take a breath because I feel like I'm speaking really fast. Um, And it says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as reminders on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, speaking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates, so that as long as the heavens are above the earth, your days and those of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to give your fathers. So my first point is really simple. You need to fix it where you'll see it. You just need to fix it where you'll see it. And so fix these words of mine in your hearts and in your minds. Tie them to you, teach them, talk about them in your homes, when you walk, when you lie down, and when you get up. You know, the word of God is so something so precious. People take it for granted. People put it into just, I do. I take it for granted. I mean, I, know, I don't know anyone that doesn't, really. But it's like my engagement rings, and I stuffed up because I was meant to wear them today, and I put them... <laughs> I put them on the side, but it's like my engagement rings and my wedding ring, right? I don't keep it tucked away or I don't keep it hidden away. I keep it on pride of place. I know, and even when it's not on my fingers, I know exactly where they are. And I like, you know, I love seeing all these newly engaged and married couples and they're like, oh, on Instagram, like, just my ring. And like, they like keep doing this and, and like, you know, it's like that whole, that whole thing of like something bright and new and shiny. Ash, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> And so it's like, it's that whole thing of like, it's beauty and it's got value and it's front and center. And so that should be exactly like the word of God, right? Yeah. Um, And so having it in a place of prominence of our lives highlights its value and beauty to us, but also to those around us. So I just want to get practical really quickly and have a look at the how. How do I get hungry for the word of God? Like really practically, I'm just going to be straight up. Have it where you can see it. So on your bedside table, on your kitchen bench. Jake said to me the other day, because I went into full declutter mode over the holidays, I was like, everything needs to have a place. Everything needs to go back to where it belongs, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, my, babe, my Bible was like on the shelf because, you know, that's where it's meant to be. I'm like, it doesn't belong there. And he's like, well, out of sight, out of mind, flick. I need it front and center. And I was like, okay, okay, I, I concede. I hear you, babe, I hear you. So front and center it is. That's where it belongs. And to be honest, it does belong there. Um, And so secondly, I listened to a great podcast. There's an app called The Bible Project. Who's heard of The Bible Project? It is phenomenal. I don't care if you've been reading the Bible since you were like tiny or whether you've just started. It's It's amazing. I have literally been reading it, trying to read it and listen to it. I skip some days because life gets busy, but I've been trying to read it when I'm on the train and finding that little bit of extra time. And 
the revelation and the new way of looking at things and how they coach you through reading the Bible is incredible. So that, make a note right now on your phone to download the Bible Project app. It's incredible. Um, And then finally, I'm around other people that are more passionate about it than me. When you're around someone who's a foodie, you know they're a foodie. They've got all the apps on their phones that tells them where to go. And I went out with Julia a couple of weeks ago and she knew where all of these dog cafes were. And I was like, I want to be like that. <laughs> Julia, hats off to you. But it was, it's, it, it's being around people that are more passionate about it than you. And that means coming to church, getting in front of people in community and also making an, a priority to go to dinner parties. So many times I've been to dinner parties and I've even been talking and facilitating and encouraging and then someone comes in. Um, Aaron is great for this but he can't, they come in and they just drop like a truth bomb of like, wow, I didn't even see that. That's amazing, you know? Like, and that happens time and time again where someone has a different perspective than us. Um, And so I just want to move on to the why. Why should we care about what the Word of God says? Why should we fix it? Flick, why are you talking about this? Um, I've got it there. I kind of know it. Like it's, yeah, bits and bobs. But why? Well, for me personally, it makes a marked difference to my day. Hugely. Like when I spend time with God, when I'm reading His Word, I'm very, like I said before, I'm Italian. I'm very passionate. Sometimes short fuse. It happens (laughs) when I'm on the road and stuff. And so sometimes it's just that take a beat. No, I'm not going to react like that. No, that's not called for. He may have called me that. And so it's just a reminder that once I've spent time in God's Word and I've spent time reading about and all of those things that he has for me in his Word, um, especially if I've read a passage on patience, like I just found, whoa, I really needed that today. Um, And then secondly, we are blessed when we fix it in our hearts and obey the word of God. So how do you know? Like you, you, you can't obey something if you don't know it, right? And the reason we obey it is because, like I said before, God has a blueprint, a plan, a path already set out before you. And it's like my, my two-year-old, he wants to touch the boiling hot stove. And I'm like, no, don't do that. That is not going to be good for you. God's the exact same the exact same. And so this, the the Word of God is full of His path. Josh spoke about it last week. Obey. Don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers. And the way that we know that is by knowing what it says, right? Um, And then also getting to know what the Lord says, it trumps the opinions of others. Who, who's been talking to someone, especially like in the recent days and stuff, but you're like, whoa, man, that is that's your opinion, that's great, but I'm so confused, blah, blah, blah. And you walk off and people are so wavering, you're right? So people can have an opinion one moment and hold a completely different one the next. And so part and parcel of knowing what God says is knowing what the Bible says and always coming back to that. That's what I need in my life. 100% that's what I need in my life. That's what you need in your life. That's what your unsaved family and friends need in their life as well. They don't need an opinion. They need to know what the Bible says. And just as a fun fact, it's repeated over 1,900 times in the Bible. This is what the Lord says, thus says the Lord. So those two phrases are mentioned over 1,900 times, and then not to mention the number of words belonging to Jesus himself in the New Testament, right? So it's, it's important. Um, and then finally, whatever place we find ourselves in, we can come back to that ancient and good path and know that there will be rest for our souls. Um, you know, personally, I've had so many times where I have just 
gone and done my own thing and I have wandered so far from the path that God has set before me. So, so, so far. And I just look and I'm like on the brink of destruction and I'm just, I remember I've had so many times where I've just cried out to God and it's having and knowing his word, it's always been the lamp to my feet. Always. No matter how far I've stumbled, no matter how far I've gone, it has always been the lamp that brought me back from the brink of destruction. And it's literally the rock on which I built my life. And you know what? Never once has he failed me. Never. Amen. This brings me to my second point. You know, it's relational. It's not religious. It's relational. It's not religious. It's no longer about the law. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. I grew up in a, in a church that was a, it was a list. I felt like for 18 years of my life, I didn't measure up. The, the God that I heard about was not the same God that I read through the pages and I got to know him personally. It's Jesus and it's the author and finisher of our faith. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, Flick, I hear. I hear, Flick, I can understand exactly where you come from, but boy, have you seen the Bible? It is huge. I'm not a reader. I just don't know where to start. It's full on. It's really long. It's just like, I don't understand half of it. Look, I've been there too. <laughs> Seriously, I have. And so before you palm it off, it's too hard. Just, let, just hear me out for a sec. Um, I'm going to read a passage from 1 John 1, 1 to 4 from the Message Version. And it's John's letter encouraging readers to actually find out for themselves who Jesus is. And it says, from the very first day we were there taking it all in, we heard it with our own eyes and verified with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes, speaking of Jesus, yeah? We saw it happen and now we're telling you in most sober prose, which just means in all seriousness, that what we witnessed was incredibly this, the infinite life of God himself that took shape before us. We saw it, we heard it, and now we're telling you so that you can experience it along with us, this experience of communion with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing is simply this, we want you to enjoy it too. Your joy will double our joy. Come on. When you have a realisation of this, of who Jesus is, of who his character is, it just makes it so easy to love him, makes him so easy to know him. You want to know him. You want to read his word and you want to obey him and love others. You know, I recently had a realisation that like, you don't need to complicate it. You don't need all the answers. You don't. All you need to do is just start. Just start. Open up his word. Keep it practical and keep it simple. The most straightforward way to find out who he is is to open his word because it's a complete reflection of who he is. And it's a story about how he has constantly given himself to just find a way to connect with you, to connect with you personally. He wants relationship with you. Um, I just want to close with a personal um, story, just an inspiration for how this has actually really taken root in my life. And you know what, when I found out when I was pregnant with Harry, I was like super excited. Like, uh, you, I can't even tell you how elated I was. And I think Jake and I had been praying for this little guy for five years. <laughs> so it was just awesome. And pregnancy is one of these things that is like super scary. 
because you have no control over it. You're just like, you've got to go with the flow. This life just starts growing without any of your input, without any of your say-so. It's just, it is what it is, you know? And so I had so many doubts and stuff one day, and I was just like, it was a constant thing where I was like, God, how's my body going to react to this? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to go through the birthing process? I've had all of these previous health complications. You know, God, I just, saying that I trust you and then doing it is completely two separate things. And I remember like one, one Sunday I rocked up and my face was like, and it's like, fake it till you make it. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't doing that. And I was like, oh, this is really tough. And so I remember Vange, Evangeline, she just came up to me and she's like, are you all right? And like, this was two years ago. So the church was pretty new. All these relationships were pretty new. But then I was like, no, Vange, I'm not. And so we'd only known each other for six months. But man, she got a download that day. Love you. Um, And so I basically just said, you've had two kids or you, you've got one kid and another one on the way. How are you getting through this? How are you go- Like, I've got all of these doubts, all of these questions, all of these. Things. And she goes, Flick, I've been there. I totally know where you're coming from. She goes, but I remember the words and the promises of God and what he has spoken over my life and spoken into my life through his word and also through personal relationship with him. And she said, I literally write them on a post-it note and stick them everywhere everywhere and it was awesome in that moment I was like oh that seems really cool and then I was like you know what I'm gonna give it a go what have I got to lose and so I did I wrote everything all of these promises your body's made for this you know God has will never leave you or forsake you he's got his hand upon your life he's got a plan and a, a future for you these are all straight from the Bible um and so I prayed that and and I can tell you without all the gory details but that pregnancy was the most boring pregnancy ever which is awesome, hashtag goals. And so I remember the doctor, I I walked out of a doctor's appointment once, I'm like, gosh, I feel like I should have like a little bit more love. Like I just feel like, um, you know, it's too straightforward. Anyways, it it was good. It was a perfect pregnancy. And even in my birth, again, no gory details, but I got rushed for emergency C section and it was scary and the lights were bright and it was really, and they cut you open and it was full on. But in that time, God's peace never left me, not once. Not once. And Jake, I think, feels the same thing. I can attest to that as well, that he felt in that delivery room, God's presence, I'm going to cry. God's presence literally held us, held us. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, And so my final scripture, sorry, guys. Um, Yeah, my my final scripture is Isaiah 26.3. And you will keep him in perfect peace, who or her, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You know, the word of God is a foundation for your life, church. It is a foundation for your life. No matter how far you've wandered, no matter what opinions you hold, what the Bible says and what he thinks of you and he has the plan and purpose for your life, those pages are what you should build your life on. It's the scaffolding, right? So let's get hungry Let's get, let's resolve to know him. Let's read his word and keep it at the forefront of our life always. Amen. I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you so much for your word, for your ever-present help and for your good, good paths. I ask that you would ignite a fire inside every single person here today. Help us to reach for the word and give us a hunger to know you and help us build it into the culture of our families. We ask for your new understanding and a new revelation that as we come to know Jesus, the words we have fixed in our hearts will come alive and lead us. Amen. Amen. Awesome, church.